0: relax. Let's pray. Father God, after a few days that you have given us blessing after blessing upon blessing, most of which we do not see or perhaps even appreciate, we would pray that the Spirit would give us a spirit of recollection of just how gracious you have been to us, over the last couple days, and we continue in prayer asking now that as the children learn their lessons of the Bible, that it would inspire them and that they would be lessons that would be within their hearts for the rest of their lives. And for us here this evening, my prayer would be that we would all, most of us at least, would just be able to relax. Amen. So after a few days of being told to come boldly, I thought, well, what would the opposite response would be? And and certainly the first one to come to my mind, because I'm a little bit more laid back, is to relax. And in thinking of relaxing... There is one scripture that the Spirit has on my mind that comes back every time. In fact, there's probably no reason to turn with me, although for those of you who care to, it's just two short verses found in Acts 20. Starting with verse 9, in fact, I'll only read verse 9. It was a scenario where a young man, and you can put yourself in that position, Almost a retreat, and certainly not uh, the retreat that that we would think of today. Um, being dressed up in a tie up here, certainly I don't obviously get the um, intention of what a retreat is. But it was somewhat of a laid-back session, but a powerful session by Apostle Paul, who was preaching and preaching and preaching. There was a young man who was sitting in a window, so you can imagine sitting up in a balcony, at least, here at EMU, and listening to the service of Apostle Paul. We don't know the condition of his heart. We don't know if he believed in the saving grace and the blood of Jesus Christ. But he sat in the balcony and listened. And we read in verse 9, And there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus being fallen into a deep sleep as Paul was long preaching. So for those of you who think that this message will just simply be more long preaching, I invite you to relax. Continuing on, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. And not in some misconception of of old English language, Luke was the one to notice, and being a physician, and I work with physicians on a daily basis, he knew what dead was all about. You see, in my mind, I believe Eutychus perhaps had that sense of a, of a fourth wall. For those of you who don't know what a fourth wall is, it's, it permeates our culture. And not just now in a television age, but even in the book age, that when you see a play. When you watch television, when you read a book, every character, every nuance, everything is within three perfectly formed walls. And then there's a fourth wall. You see, when you, when you watch a play, perhaps here at EMU on the, on the off weeks when we're not here retreating, Or even when you watch on television, you'll see three distinct walls, and those characters all talk to each other and have fun and have dialogue, and they have no conception that there's somebody on the outside of that wall looking in. So when Apostle Paul, um, when I'm sorry, Eutychus, is listening to the preaching— and come midnight, it's probably hot in the attic, and they had a lot of lights, as it says here in the scripture, verse 8, and there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. The heat kind of builds, and you get relaxed. You just let the cares of life drift away. You close your lids, and you fall asleep. And I can imagine as Eutychus began to sort of fall back, he sort of had kind of a weightlessness feeling for a few seconds, and whether his eyes were open and he knew it was going on or not, we don't know, but it was most likely comfortable until he finally hit rock bottom. So we have a dead man who fell asleep to God's Word. Perhaps he thought of it as a fourth wall. There's us here in the sanctuary. There's a preacher up front, long-winded, or I shouldn't say long-winded. Perhaps it was just... Perhaps it was just... Well, it was just not relevant to us, so we phased it out, so that when you're watching a play or television or what have you, you don't don't feel involved with the things that are going in within those fourth walls. You feel non-threatened. The characters live in their own life, in their own world. And to acknowledge that they're in this play or this television program would defeat the purpose. They would acknowledge that they're fictional. How many of us find that life just seems to be easy to retreat back and to somehow put up that fourth wall, to think that life passes by so quickly that we can fall asleep to exactly what is going on in our lives? there is an illustration I could use to say that, that Satan uses bricks to build that fourth wall, transparent bricks. And so with each moment of our lives that ticks by, as we fall short of the glory of God and we remove ourselves from his grace, we just put another brick and another brick and another brick another distraction, another way to say I can remove myself from the pain and misery of my sin and how how far short I come, and to build that fourth wall. That's why I, I like kids. Kids have no fourth wall. That's why Christ asked. That's why Christ had a fondness for children. No wall, no understanding of just how far short from Adam and Eve, when they first knew about knowledge, knew about good and evil. They knew better after tasting of that fruit. Right away, they were passing the blame, and Adam saying, well, it wasn't my fault, and putting everything into a tidy little box that makes sense to you, and that nothing can reach in from the outside, and that you can't reach into the script. It's like with each sin, and each passing moment, building up that transparent wall, seeing somebody walk face first into a sliding glass door that's really clean. It's, it's funny, maybe the first time, second time, then maybe a chip of tooth, then really it gets old. But it's a continual pattern with our lives that if we do not understand that Satan builds walls and removes us from the love of God through our own works, that we can remain just like Eutychus. As, as a kid, there were, there were books I would read, but it was a little bit different than the traditional book. It was a choose-your-own-adventure book. Those were pretty cool. And what you would do is start with page one, but it wouldn't end saying go to page 2. You would make a decision. It would say at the bottom of that page, if you want to go into that haunted mansion, go to page 13. If you want to go through the back door, it seems the path was always chosen for you no matter what. But if you want to go through the back door, turn to page 46. And on, and on, and on, following a linear path until finally the conclusion of the book is reached and you have behind you an entire path that you've followed. The world doesn't believe in the path of life and the path of Jesus Christ. They read page 1, page 2, page 3. They see all of the pages and understand all of the outcomes, but they don't follow the path of life and take the right choices that are designed and brought to us by our Heavenly Father to escape pages 32, 71, and all of the tragic endings of a young man, an old woman, of anyone who comes before the heavenly Father, without knowing of his grace and his forgiveness, Satan in those pages, has you look for in the pages of just life, has you look for keys to a door that's that 's already open, keys to a door that 's already been opened. he gives you a ladder to climb step after step after step to get over a wall that's already been broken. Satan has you believe you are writing the story of your life on your own, page after page after page of a story that's already been written in blood, of a story book that may or may not even contain your name the story that's illustrated in the Bible, it is fascinating to think of just how easy it is to relax and see the world in those three walls and as your life passes by and the play keeps going, to just relax. So what is it then to come boldly? To come boldly to the throne of salvation? To come as a child? My son will go up to my mom, my my wife, his mom, (laughs) well, my mom too, Grammy, and will just incessantly say, mom, 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 mom. Why? Because there's a comfort there and he knows he can come boldly to someone who cares for him and knows him. And when my son goes to a stranger and says, mom, mom, and then the person turns around and Uh, and then walks away because there's no more boldness. There's no more knowing that mom knows my needs. Now, okay, let's turn it to be, I would say dad, but in our language, we use father. That you can turn and say father. That you can turn and say Jesus. Jesus. Or as a child, probably can't get out two syllables and just say, gee, gee, gee. Just the, the grumblings of your heart to know that Jesus has been there, that you can be bold with someone who has already been there and done that. Somebody who already has written the book who knows exactly what life has in store. But you can relax. You can relax because, and... As as a technical person, I find that it is easier to relax more now than ever, and technology and the ways of the world can cause you to build those same, well, the three walls are already there, but to build that fourth wall, brick after brick. You get sick and tired of passwords and remembering what they are when you use a computer, and I do too. Well, eventually, and in the near future, it will just be scanning your finger, or if you don't have a finger, uh, your uh, retinal scan makes it easy for you. That eventually, there's a tediousness in searching the Internet, So the world will bring you the simplicity of, well, you've searched for this in the past, so you're going to need this now. Relax. Everything's taken care of for you. It's it's all linear. It's all going to be easy to understand, easy to digest. You know what? There's, There's no need for independent thought. Relax. The world has collaborated and designed all the computers to work together. And in the short future... All of the computers that were once separate will talk to each other so that all of the information you could ever want will be on your computer. In fact, you sit down at your computer, and after telling it who you are, it will tell you who you are. No independent thought, no free will, no reason to worry, no reason to come boldly anywhere. I can just sit back and relax. The banks are collapsing That's all right. The government will take care of it. We'll just put somebody in charge who knows what they're doing. You get a sniffle or a cough. Just relax. You can take an antibiotic. It's probably not one of those diseases now where within 48 hours it takes just those within the prime of their life. Relax. Can you relax now? Can you relax in knowing that you have salvation in Jesus Christ that all of the worries and all of the problems in life have already been dealt with that you can relax in the glory of God well it it may not be a choose your own adventure book but by coming to the savior who already knows who already knows the story but you can reach through that transparent wall. Like, again, for those not maybe nodding off now, it's been a long day, I can walk out here and break that wall and show you I am a broken man and a sinner who has come to repentance and eternal life through Jesus Christ my Lord. I won't do it because it would be showy, but imagine somehow... I could reach out to all of you. And there's forums and there's lessons and there's sisters and brothers who want to tell you the truth and break that fourth wall. With the power of the Holy Spirit, my prayer is that they will do it this week. But if you feel that your wall is too thick, too deep, too wide or too tall, Jesus Christ would be your door. And if you don't like the scenario that your life is taking now, if you realize the depth of sin and just how far short of that glory of God we come, to wait until your last moment when you are naked before your Father and explaining yourself, I don't know what it would be like, but I would imagine... As a father, he will give you all the time in the world to explain, well, I was good, silence. Well, I knew about Jesus Christ, silence. And whether the lights in that room or in that hall or in that place shine bright on you and without hair on your head, without clothes on your body, without a body at all, just the soul that's left saying, well, I, I did my best. I had nice friends. I, I, I'm wearing matching sh- I, I was wearing matching shoes. And your soul that goes back to all of the material things you had once, where once you relaxed in them, you were calm. You felt comfortable because others accepted you. Because others, they had their own three walls set up and they were watching their life go through the motions, you think back on how silly was I that as this room gets hotter, as my excuses wear down, and all of the value and all of the glory you placed in yourself and your narcissism and wanting to believe that you are more than you are, more than I am, that I will break down before my Father and explain that it is only by the love of Jesus Christ and His shed blood that I can accept the salvation and the redeeming grace found in him and not myself. So you can go to the author and finisher of our faith and say, Christ Jesus, I want to have a talk. I want you to change the scenery. It goes in my mind back to in grade school, we had um, a box that we put together, a Terrarium, terrarium, something like that. One of the school teachers might know. But she would set up this little scene of cutout pieces, and it would be, and it was a reenactment, maybe of a of a history lesson or something. But imagine your life in those three walls that you cannot reach into because the wall is so thick. Yet it is transparent, and you try and try and try through the glass door to get through. But nothing seems to work. And if, if perchance you do reach in and another brick of the wall comes slamming down on your hand and you said, but I moved that piece of my life and now it's right back to where it was yesterday. To ask the Father who is on the other side of that wall, to ask Him through Jesus Christ, rearrange the scenery. Rearrange the, the characters in my life. Most importantly, perhaps, to rearrange the outcome to rearrange the ending so that whether I am up here long-winded, whether Eutychus thought that Paul just had too much to say and not enough time, though it was a collection of believers, though it was perhaps Eutychus as a believer who just simply wore down after hour and hour of trying to show someone that the wall can be broken through Jesus Christ. Nay, the door can be showed to where Jesus Christ is on the other side. And Paul, through hours of proclaiming the love of Christ, had a young man fall to his death. Then what happened? Verse 2, for those who haven't opened your text, I will read it for you. Uh, the second verse. And Paul went down and fell on him, and embracing him, said, Trouble not yourselves, for life is in him. That there was life in what was death, that there was hope where there was no hope to be found, at least temporal, at least in this life, that Paul saw worth in a sinner. Do we see worth in our young men, young women, in our friends, in our family, in those who, who perhaps don't know of Jesus Christ? Do we tire or perhaps weary of being willing to share the gospel, that just as Apostle Paul was long-winded, it would be my prayer that each of us who know the story and should be willing to preach it for hours on end, whether you're dressed fancy or whether you're just sitting in a bench next to someone who just wants to talk, that I want to tell the believers and encourage the believers... It's a long drive home from camp. In fact, it's a long time. It's actually a very short time from now till the end of camp. But if you could just take that drive and speak to someone about Jesus Christ, even if they're not bold to ask you, share it with them. Be bold. Because Christ had to share the gospel with people who had, perhaps in the world's eyes, no business knowing about Christ, but they did. In the world's eyes, people who were imperfect in the, in the, in the um, chosen people's eyes, people who had no business knowing about it. But everyone in here has business to know because when they face their God in the last moments of life, that to, to show them the grace now, to, to show them that there's a way to change the terrarium and the four walls of their world that to place Jesus Christ in there will be a benefit. And for those who don't know Jesus Christ, for those who don't know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and aren't bold, just ask. If if Dave, 15 years ago, was sitting out there, let me tell you, just, just ask. Just ask. It's not embarrassing. There's no reason to be bold if you're uncomfortable. But ask about Jesus Christ. There's no reason not to. Because with your soul's salvation at stake, why is it in this world when you compare yourself among others, Second Corinthians 10, and, and you, you get mixed up in what other people think of you and then you think of other people and you start building brick after brick after sin and sin and to the point that that wall is so great that it feels it feels like there's there's no point in talking there's no point in even discussing this to to try to break that wall down takes a little bit of a little bit of boldness for those who know Jesus Christ it it takes a lot of boldness to come before his throne having known salvation and grace And to admit that you are still a frail and fallen man and only saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. But for the sinners out there, I don't want you to go through the same life that everybody else does. It's not just a play. It's not just a television program that will bring to you now reality. Imagine that. Delivering you reality. The fact that you can sit down and see characters that are still among three walls, that still have a horde of producers who write, script, design what reality should be, when computers eventually create your reality for you, and it knows in the morning you want weather and traffic, in the afternoon you want what the sports are going to be, in the evening, I can't imagine what your life would be built too without the saving grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ, where a machine the world over will define for you who you are, define the characters in your play, define the scenery in your life, and define the ending for you because it's convenient and you've relaxed. To be bold, to be, to be somebody who To be somebody who is willing to ask the Father, Father God, I want you to come to this wall. Sinner, if it is liberty you seek, if it is freedom from the bondage of sin, ask your Father to come to this wall. Sinner, ask your Father to tear down this wall, the wall that that you never saw coming, the wall that Jesus Christ never built. But I can assure you, and the gospel can assure you, that though he did not build that wall, though as wide as it may be, though as deep and tall as it could ever be, that you can't shout around to those characters in your life, the things you have planted, the people you have around you, and most importantly, the ending that you have in mind, that you could ask your Savior, Jesus Christ, and with his shed blood to come to this wall and to show you the door. Amen.